This is Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt, race car radio's podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and aspiring entrepreneurs. I'm David Hoffman, and your voices of reason are Mike Gansel and Matt Plosiak. Today, Bill Goldstein joins us to talk about the ins and outs of successful partnerships. All right. Good morning, everyone. Hey there, Matt. Good morning. You're looking very uh, suave in your Hawaiian shirt today. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. You know, it's always interesting to have a, a partner who's a fashion plate. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, if that ever happens, let me know how it works. And our guest today is the beautiful and talented Mr. Bill Goldstein. Beautiful. Who is the, uh, was the co-founder of Sports Etc., which was one of the very earliest uh, event marketing agencies, was it not? That's right. And you ran that company for what, 35? 30 plus years, yeah. Fantastic. And uh, Bill's here today to talk about partnerships, which is a deep and interesting subject, fraught with uh, import on all kinds of levels. Maybe just tell us a little bit about how that partnership started why you decided to yeah. go into business with a partner? Well, you know, just like anything else, we were in the same place at the same time. We were in a sports and entertainment business and were promoters. And early on, we were engaged uh, uh, with a tennis enterprise. We were both there, the Virginia Slims Championships. That was uh, an indoor tennis. Yeah, so big, thing, yeah, the culminating event on the women's circuit. We ran and owned it for 25 years. And we were both really hired by the garden. We weren't yet partners. Initially, we were trying to, to um, sell sponsorships in that event. We saw who was representing the corporations, which were either internal people or their agencies, none of whom knew anything about event marketing because event marketing was new. We're talking about the 70s now. And we said, geez, this is an opportunity. Bill, did you feel in your gut that this was a guy that you could work with? Well, as a woman, in fact... Which, uh, which is another interesting dynamic in this partnership. And we shared a physical office all those years. Even though we had a lot of space, we made decisions. We'll get into some of that as we get into talking about partnerships. But we, we both saw the opportunity and uh, we got along. It, you know, you could have gotten very, very long odds on my partnership with, with my partner lasting for 35 years when we started. Because we're both strong-willed, opinionated. We think we're right. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to tell me I'm wrong, you better have your onions lined up because, uh, you know, it's not going to be easy to reverse me. And yet, uh, you know, we prospered as a team and we're always thought of as a team. And, uh, and it worked, uh, you know, until, until I got exhausted, really, is how it ended. So that interesting about forming partnerships is the serendipity that's involved. You know, Matt and I, also serendipity. We were both working for two rather charismatic and very interesting guys. Um, we somehow began, we met, we were working on a project, and then lo and behold, we realized well, we ha- we'd have some possibilities of becoming a partner. So serendipity is always a real factor. It's, well, And, you know, that, that's interesting why we're here, because, you know, we... Um, we thought that this would be a great uh, podcast to talk about because partnerships are fraught with lots of issues. But on the other hand, there are tremendous amounts of benefits. Well, let, let, me, let me start with a question, actually. I'm, uh, what one would hope or I would assume that a successful partnership is a question of two people or a group of people with, with different skills, <laughs> with, with complementary skill sets bringing together so that the, the whole is greater than 
the sum of the parts. And I, I'd like to ask the same question of, of all three of you. What was it you thought, uh, maybe we'll start with you, Bill, what was it you thought you were bringing to that partnership as opposed to your partner, and how do those things complement each other? You know, it's a funny thing, because th- that's sort of a, you know, a mantra that you hear over and over again, that partners should complement one another, and uh, that that's the basis for typically a partnership being being created. In our situation, that was not really the case. <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter is that that although we were better at different things along the way, we we both were engaged in everything. And, uh, you know, uh, we took each other's phone calls. Mm-hmm. So, so, if, so, Bill, would you say we, in some sense you're interchangeable? Yes. Okay. That's yes. fascinating. It is fascinating yes. because <clears throat> Matt that's was not star- my experience with Michael, and I'm sure that's not his experience with me. I, I can see the advantage of either, honestly. I, can, I mean, as, as a solo business owner, I could, it would be amazing to have someone who is handling parts of the business that I'm less good at sure. on well, this side. And it would also be incredible to just have another one of myself to be able to send out. And we did divide our work, but I mean, fundamentally, well, that's why, yeah. uh, you know, I understand why you said it interchangeable, but that's really a, a key ingredient in being a partner is being able to cover for your partner. Um, you're all, and in a sense, you're always presenting yourself to the world as a unified Sure. Unified. You're, you're, you've got that. That's the strength. What you do behind your own closed doors in your own four walls, that's another story. What I mean by agreeing and, and, and interchangeability is that for me, now you guys may be totally different, but I would say that, that it would be hard to predict a partnership would succeed if you put both partners in different rooms, you gave them 10 problems, you asked them to respond as to how they would deal with those 10 problems, and they came back together and their responses were different. Now, if their responses were different, I can't imagine how they could be a successful partner because they'd well, be they, arguing all the time. There you go. Is arguing about That is thing? true. Always? <laughs> well, uh, you, if you're arguing because I think that you did something wrong and you did it incorrectly and you shouldn't have done that, you should have done this, and I'm second-guessing all the time because I don't like what you did. Yo, so, 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 Well, so we do it, argue all the time. You know, I'm sort of a much more black-and-white kind of person and sort of tend to look at the numbers. And, um, you know, I'm a very... I can very quickly cut someone out of a business relationship without batting an eye and michael is way different than that and uh well you know actually uh it was very interesting when we formed the partnership i'm not quite sure in the beginning that i really realized how different matt and i were but uh, as it became apparent uh we were completely different and actually what i'd say is that we were not interchangeable we both had very, uh, we were, but we divided what we did in the business. So, you know, I was basically um, president, CEO, kind of running the show, uh, handling marketing. Matt was very clearly the guy who was bringing in the revenue. He was VP of sale, executive VP of sales. And we, we knew what we were going to do. We had, Michael, you and I had the same goal. Yes. The goal, the was overall to goal. to grow the company and make as much money as possible. Right. That was the overall goal. And... We saw things differently, and we did, eventually we would come to at some agreement. That's right. Um, but not, not initially. Not, necessar- not necessarily initially. Sometimes it was right away, 
but sometimes it was not. It took time. And, and I think, so here, here we talk about some of the, the must-haves in a partnership. And one of the things, Bill, is in a partnership that I believe work, that to make it work, is you have to figure out how to argue, how to win or lose a, an argument, how to make an agreement and stick to it. And so you really got to work out those dynamics. So it's okay to disagree, but it's sort of like, whom do you disagree in front of? If Matt and I are in front of a client and he says something, am I going to correct him and embarrass him? Of course not. Of course not. So those are some things, but that doesn't necessarily come natural. Somehow, sometimes it comes with trial and error, uh, but also these are the dynamics that you really got to talk about and say, what's a must have? For instance, when you think about forming a partnership, you know, you, you basically in your gut, you say, gee, I could work with this person. You know, I like them. Uh, they seem intelligent, you know, but a lot of people haven't worked out the real details about how to make that relationship work. Those are things like disagreeing, arguing, fighting, winning or losing, uh, having an overall goal for the business that no matter what, you're going to give up your That's ego. an interesting one. You know, it's another cliche, but it strikes me just from what you're saying that, you know, that a business partnership is like a marriage. That's something people say all the time. But it strikes me, too, you know, I, 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 I'm proud to say I have a very happy and successful marriage. And I've had several friends who have not had successful relationships come to me and ask, you know, how do you guys get along so well? How do you? And what I've said is something you just said about a business partnership, which is it's all about shared goals. Like, we, we have totally different approaches, my wife and I, but we want the same things. We have a similar vision of what happiness would look like in our lives. And the, the romantic relationships I've seen split apart messily are ones where they don't. Where, you know, if, if everything was the way I wanted it to be, it would be like this. And the other person, if everything the way they want it to be, would be some other way. That you can't, that's really hard and it's, to sure. reconcile. It seems like there's a similar situation here. If you're not aiming for the same thing, True. where are you going to go? Right, uh, you're cooked. Yeah, you're cooked. I think the other, I think one of the other main things you have to have with your partner or partners is trust. I mean, I I I mean, I know I would trust Michael with the checkbook, and he trusts me with the checkbook, and would never have any qualms, thoughts that um, you know one of us would screw would screw the other. Well, let me ask both of you the same, or all all of you the same question now too that relates to that. There must have been some points in your long partnership and the long partnership you guys are in the middle of now where you and your partner have disagreed, have said, you know what, we should go this way. The person says, you know what, I really think we ought to do this. There, there must have been a point where that happened. I'm wondering if you could each tell me about a and be specific if you can, about, about a moment in your partnership where there was a real disagreement about the right way to move forward and how you got through that. Um, when Matt and I started the partnership, 50-50, Within the first uh, month, we came to an enormous disagreement. I think it probably was the first, first month or two. And uh, being aggressive, assertive guys as we were, we went nose to nose. And we stood, stood with each other. And we demanded that the other person basically relent. And it wasn't happening. So... What was that disagreement about? Oh, uh, I don't remember. Specifics? You're talking about... You don't uh, remember? No, I don't remember... No. Uh, honestly, I mean, was it but about it, a client? Was it about? Do you remember the incident? I, well, we remember the incident because I remember how we resolved, how we resolved working it through. But it was, it was, it could have been absolutely minor, 
but you know, we're, neither of us were used to giving giving in on any point. So whatever the point was, could have been minor. I don't even think it was major. But we knew that if we didn't resolve it if, to the satisfaction of both of us, partnership was dead right there and then. So now here, here's so how did you resolve it? How did well, you? Well, we think what we did was a little unique. We both decided that we would go to business therapy together. Today we call that a life coach or an executive coach, and we realized that we needed help to have us understand how we could work with one another. And so, literally... But I think we did that a couple of years later. No, no, no. that particular incident, wasn't it? No, no, no. no. This was from the very beginning. See, we don't, we, we don't remember the same See, things. we don't remember. No, this was the... <laughs> ah, yes, I remember it well. <laughs> right. This was from the very beginning. And so, we basically started a business therapy, and we went, you and I, uh, for pretty much every six weeks, and the point of those conversations with the therapist, the business therapist, was to talk about the words that were not said. Because both of us believed that unless you had a place to say things that was safe, secure, and that you didn't really kill yourself with the words or hurt yourself with the words, that this would really foster the relationship and the business going forward. And we did that. And then a number of years later, we got, uh, got a third partner into our business, and we brought him into the same business therapy. And so that was really a critical piece that we felt made, made our 15-year journey in that business uh, what we think as successful as it was. That was a, a real factor. And so if people you know, talk about uh, in partnerships, how do you resolve? That was one way that we resolved. And it worked. Bring in a moderator. Bring in a moderator. Yes. And feel comfortable with that person. And I think really at the end of the day, the way we resolved this was uh, who had more skin in the game on the issue. Mm. That's, that's interesting. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you know, you asked where we, were we interchangeable. Well, we weren't. There were, there, were, there were things that I did more than she did and vice versa. And if it was her sandbox and I didn't like something that was happening and she felt otherwise, I'd, I'd defer because she was deeper. Uh, in that and uh, more invested in it and uh, also you know because of that you know uh, if I'm going to reverse it and I'm wrong (laughs) well that's not so good we'll be right back after these short messages if you're enjoying this show you might also like some of the other podcasts on race car radio for instance try London's New York Tour guide, historian, and socialist agitator Dan London takes you on a deep and opinionated trip through some parts of New York City that are a little to the side of the usual tourist trail, and through the extraordinary, rich, and divisive history of one of the greatest cities in the world. I guarantee you it's a view of New York City that you've never heard before. Listen and subscribe now to London's New York at racecarradio.com. Race Car Radio is proud to support the work of IO Worldwide, a tenacious and dedicated organization working to address the root causes of poverty in West Africa. Because they believe that who a person is and where they come from should not solely determine what they are able to achieve. To learn about their work and how you can support it, please visit AYAWorldwide.org. And now back to Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt, and our special guest, Bill Goldstein. Let's let's get into some nuts and bolts 
Um, and by nuts and bolts, I mean dollars and cents. Um, is, is there anything any of you would advise to people who are listening to this when you're setting up a business relationship with a partner about how to set up the financials and how often to sort of review that review that relationship? How Are there sort of pitfalls to watch out for, or ways to approach that so that everybody's remains happy with the way things are set up? I mean, I think, you know, we always um, counsel our clients to have an agreement uh, written down uh, on how things are split up, uh, what happens if there's a divorce. Because oftentimes friends go into business, they feel they don't need something written, and that can cause problems down the road. And what are some of those bullet points that you think you know, really need to be in there? Like, what what are the things that you think really should be in a strong and successful partnership agreement? Well, percentage of the business. Not every partnership is equal. So how do you, de- how do you determine uh, what is the uh, amount of equity that each of the partners owns? Sometimes it depends on how much money each person has invested. So uh, sometimes if the investment is equal, then realistically, you want to now talk about what happens when there's a dissolution of the business? So you're going to have a lawyer, theoretically, or draw something up that's fair in case one of you gets hit by a bus, is uh, the other guy's wife going to uh, take over the business, et cetera. So then there's a legal legal with a lawyer, and then there's typically a buy-sell agreement with a financial advisor that basically says, here's how we're going to uh, divvy up the assets of the business, uh, the receivables, the payables, the inventory, if, if there's that, um, the clients, if it's a service business. Um, now, sometimes it's just two guys starting with an idea. It's very small. And so the question is, well, do they really need a lawyer at that moment in time? Do they really need a financial advisor at that time? Not necessarily. It, if, if the business grows, um, yes. I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not a financial advisor, so I don't want to go contrary to what they might say. But I remember Matt and I, actually, our first agreement was uh, written on a napkin. And then as we grew, it became obvious that that napkin was getting blurry and we needed to yeah, do some Yeah, but of course, you know, you, know, you know, the thing to remember here, I am a lawyer, but, but, but I say that only because I want to de-emphasize the importance of contracts. Because the best contracts in the world between people are ones that get forged, put in a drawer, and never looked at. And if there's an issue that's subsumed in the contract based upon what's happening in the relationship, one party says, you know what? I don't like this. Now, if the other side, oh, but, par- but paragraph five says this, and you have to stick to paragraph five, well, the relationship has gone to crater. So, true. so, it's so, true. so I, I, place you know that said as i am a lawyer but and some things are going to get reduced to writing of course but sure. you got to be flexible with these things dissolution breathe. what's that? that dissolution is the point where that well, really well, becomes here's important. an example that, uh if very simple if you um you've been partners for 15 years you've grown the business from zero to x and now you basically say you know what i want out okay how do you value the business how do, you, how do you basically say what your 15 years was worth? Those, those, those things are really important issues, and those really need to be addressed both by a lawyer, both by a financial advisor, both, you know, so that both every, all the parties agree. That, that's a real fact. And maybe when you first started X years ago, but now it means something. 
So I really think that ultimately the business does have to follow uh, that path. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Well, there's no downside out of that, and I don't disagree. I mean, you know, if you, if you want to codify things, it's overdo it. But, but I'm just saying that at the end of the day, often the reality doesn't comport with the paper because people are flexible and they adjust and because that's how life is. And so the paper, you, the paper you know, okay, we but got the pa paper. The but. paper does only mean something when the paper means something. So, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I, I like to live that way. You, you have that agreement, put it in the draw, and that's because it's not the paper. It's your word. It's, it's you. Yeah. But, but ultimately it does get to and piece of paper. And changes. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm I'm much more concerned about contracts when I'm dealing with someone I don't 100% trust. And if I didn't 100% trust somebody, I wouldn't want to be a partner with them, maybe. But That is true. Oh, I just think that it's, uh, you know, impossible to predict these things. That's why I'm saying these partnership agreements that are negotiated up front for somebody that could last for a long time, no way in the world you're going to appreciate what's going to happen to each partner and the relationships that they're going to be responsible for and whether or not they're going to be more public or not than the other and how their value to the enterprise is going to is going to diminish or or increase and therefore it comes down to uh, you know uh, speak up well, and if I, it doesn't get resolved well then the enterprise is in jeopardy that's well right. one of the so we talk about what are the must-haves in a partnership well one of the must-haves is that ability to speak up and to be heard. It's not just a question of speaking up, it's also to be heard, and it's to be negotiated. And I think that that's a constant reality in a partnership, and maybe why people sort of avoid partnerships, because negotiation is, a const is constantly there. And, and that it depends on what you're negotiating. You know, there's the little stuff, and there's the big stuff. If you have that ultimate goal of what the big thing is, you know, you can always negotiate on the little stuff because the little stuff is like, you know, insect bites. It's not a big deal. Uh, ultimately, a lot of insect bites become, you know, a big rash. Or malaria. Or malaria. <laughs> so then, then, but along the way, hopefully you've been able to deal with it. Communication with your partner, the ability to really speak straight out to your partner is probably the most critical thing. Really is. Matt? Right. I think, so you just reminded me of something that, you know, when, when business is good and it's growing and everyone's making money, the little things don't bother you so much, right? right? Push it under the rug. It's not a big deal. Eh, who cares? Okay, so he spent another $500 on his car this, this, this month, so what? But when thing, if things go in a downward direction, those little things start to add up, right? So Do you have to use so many pencils? Yeah, he took he took five pencils home the last last week. I don't understand. Um, so um, I think that's also a very interesting thing that uh, Bill. I don't. I would like, I'd like to hear what your experience was. I mean, you, I'm sure you've had some ups and downs. And did you find the partnership relationship would, would you know migrate? Uh, I think at the end of the day, apart from, you know, we, we've been talking about, you know, how do you mitigate problems and, and, and keep, keep a partnership working and, and so forth. But, but uh, you know, when the natural glue that surfaces in a partnership or should, if it's a good partnership, is when the chips are down, when you're in trouble. Yes. And when you, uh, when you get some help. And that's, you know, why do you want to have a partnership? Because you want help. 
because you want solace, because you want somebody to talk about things with that you trust that might have an idea that you don't have. Uh, that's the reason. It's not just because that you compliment each other, all this stuff. No, it's, 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 for, it's for companionship and, and for somebody else to understand your travail. Well, and, and our partnership got stronger when the chips were down. Who would you rather be in that foxhole with? If it's not that person who's your partner, then that's an issue. So that, com- sure. that comes to the trust, the appreciation, covering your back, etc. It comes down to that, that the two of you together are infinitely stronger than you individually. So it's interesting that the stories of the two of your, of the two partnerships we're talking about here, um, Bill's yours came to an amicable end. For whatever, is it because you both retired or what? Well, yeah, 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 eventually. I left first uh, and she kept going for a while. But it wasn't because the partnership no, no, dissolved, no, no, it was no, because no, you no, wanted no, to get no, out of no, the business. No, it's, it, was, it was a natural sort of organic uh, conclusion, yeah. And you guys had a successful partnership that ended, um, and then you decided to come back many years later and start a new partnership with the same person in a different industry. Maybe Correct. the two of you could tell me sort of how that went, how the initial ending of the first company you had and then deciding to start the new company and why that, why, why, why both of those? Well, things? we, we sold the company, um, after 15 years and, um, about eight and a half years ago, um, Michael and I were consulting separately and I was having some difficulty with one of my clients. So I brought Michael in, to uh, work with the owner CEO, and uh, after a, f- a few months of that, we said, "You know, we're much better together than we are apart. Let's start working together again." You know, we actually had sold the company, and um, as uh, the, the industry was changing, and we had been doing this for some time, and um, we said, "You know what? There's something else out there," and we were fortunate enough to hit the market at the right time, sold the company, and then we went our own separate ways. We'd always been friends, went our separate ways, and then, as Matt said, we decided to come back. And interestingly enough, it was because we had the same, it was really the same skill set that we had while we were in business together. It was, you understood sales, you understood processes, you understood operations, I understood marketing, I understood the overall vision, and it clicked. And it really brought all the same qualities that we had formed as partners for that original business. It really is working here in this new partnership arrangement. Same skill sets. And, and I think some wine was involved in, in coming to that conclusion. Too. Yes. Uh, through the years, we've learned to enjoy wine a lot more than we did then. <laughs> well, I think, guys, I think, you know, um, Mike, if, if you and I were to partner, I think the most important thing would be for you to mind your own business. Dave, I think you and Bill should mind your own business. Now, Bill, if you continue to mind your own business, I think you're going to be very successful. But uh, David, Matt, you guys mind your own business as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt. The stars of the show are Mike Gansel and Matt Plosiak of Voice of Reason Consulting, www.voiceofreasonconsulting.com. Today's guest was Bill Goldstein. I'm David Hoffman, and I produced the show. It was recorded and mixed by Austin Cologne. 
Very special thanks to Valiant Technology for hosting us for today's recording session. You can find them at thevaliantway.com. New episodes coming soon include conversations on everything from finding good employees to what to do if you find yourself in China. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and many of your other favorite podcasting apps. Find those links at racecarradio.com slash mindyourownbusiness. You can also follow us on social media at MYOB Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt is a production of Race Car Radio, www.racecarradio.com. Race Car Radio is a division of Citizen Race Car. We tell stories.